after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Moving the Goalposts. Liam, how are you doing? Doing good, how are you doing? Alright, alright. Uh, so, uh, you can make sure to follow and subscribe to the Empty the Bench Network on YouTube. You can follow us on, you can follow us across social media, uh, at MT, the, the show, at MTGPETB. Uh, and the Empty the Bench Network uh, across social media, at ETB Network on Facebook, YouTube, oh, sorry, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, X, or t- formerly known as Twitter. Um, all right, so, uh, and hold on a second. All right. We are presented by, we are presented by Wolf Spreads. Hold on a second. All right, now I'm good. Okay, so we are presented by Wolf Spreads. Uh and make sure to like and subscribe. Oh, also, you can find us at etbpodcast.com, uh, where you can find all of the Empty the Bench Network podcasts. All right. And make sure to like and subscribe. We Our show comes out every Friday at 8 p.m. So there's a lot to get to. Uh, a lot of NFL stuff. Uh, a lot of people to make fun of. And a lot of angry fan bases. Um, so it, 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 there's a lot to talk about with this. Uh, we were right about both of these games. I'm oh, no, sorry. I was right about both of these games. You were one and one. Uh, so I think the biggest X factor in both of these games was coaching. Uh, it was really, I think a lot of it was just superior coaching versus inferior coaching. Uh, certainly it, with the Lions 49ers. Um, what was your reaction to these two games? Um, well, if we want to start with the Lion 49ers, I was actually <clears throat> out in this town in California where there was a bunch of bars and I was going to a different event, but there was a ton of 49er fans everywhere. And I had said to the person I was with, I said, I wonder what these fans are going to do because it's halftime and the game is already over. I mean, I thought the game was over, honestly, at that point. Um, Detroit was just dominating. And San Francisco hadn't looked good, just like in the Green Bay game. But uh, every bounce sort of went their way. And obviously, I think everyone's going to talk about this, but the big play was 24-10. Lions had held the 49ers to a field goal, and they were going down the field just as they had the entire game. And it's fourth and two, and... Um, instead of making it 17, 
which is a three-score lead. They decide to go for two. The Lions don't get it. Game changes on that play. Um, you mean go now for a lot it of bounces. Down. What? You mean go for it on fourth down. They go for it, didn't get it. And the game changed on that play, and it's it's heartbreaking because if you're a Lion fan because he drops the ball on that play, then the next play, or a couple plays later, the Lions have a clear interception right into the defender's hands that he drops. And not only does he drop it, but he drops it directly right into the hands of Brandon Ayuk, who goes for a touchdown. Uh, then they fumble on the next play, and that fumble on the next play was when I knew that the 49ers were going to win because the, the momentum was just completely taken away from the Lions. Um, and then they had a field goal to they had a field goal chance to tie the game where they decided not to go go for it on fourth down again. That let the 49ers have a short field to go for ten, uh, and then even down ten, they could have kicked the field goal again to make it seven with the two-minute warning and three timeouts. And they go for it. They do get it, but they scored seven with no timeouts and less than a minute left. So I think the the, the theme of the game was just Dan Campbell's been aggressive all year, uh, and you can be too aggressive. Yeah. The weird defense that I've often seen was uh, how that's just the type of coach that he is. First of all, if the type of coach that you are is making boneheaded decisions – that's not a good thing. Change the type of coach that you are. Uh, people have said, well, it's what it's how they got there from being aggressive. Okay, yes, they did get there from partly, at least, for being aggressive in big situations. Obviously, that doesn't explain their 12 and 5 record because, like, in certain situations, like going, like, the reason they were 12 and 5 is not just because they went for it on fourth down. That's ridiculous. Um, but also, they didn't get to where they are because of reckless decisions they got there from being aggressive in sort of okay 50 50 situations there's a difference between saying okay in a situation where it's maybe on the cusp between go for it or kick or kick a field goal or whatever and you go for it in in that situation that is not the same thing as going for it in a situation when you absolutely should not go for it okay like like it's this whole thing is not a binary choice uh it, it like you don't it's not better or worse in every situation to either go for it or kick a field goal or do be more aggressive or less aggressive. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Nobody would seriously make that argument. And I don't remember, I don't recall any time in the regular season where Dan Campbell was crossed the line from aggressive to completely reckless. Um, I don't recall that ever happening throughout the regular season and it benefiting them at all. I, I don't recall that. The only time I do recall it is when the Lions played the Cowboys and they ended up going for going for two again and then losing. Uh, so I don't recall that ever happening. So Like, these were situations where – and it does – I mean, look, I'm not a Lions fan. I don't care what happens with the Lions, although I did feel for them because it feels like something that would happen with the Jets. I did feel for Lions fans because you are a professional head coach. It is what you do for a living. It is your job to know what to do. And everybody at home is watching the game and saying, don't do this. This is stupid. Like, no, as the head coach, you should be a bit more level-headed. And this is not a Madden game. Like, it is literally something that you would do in Madden playing with your friends to, like, go for it 
in those situations. Also, another thing where it's another underrated thing is that in the third quarter when they when Dan Campbell went for it, and and by the way, not only did did Dan Campbell go for it in situations when they absolutely shouldn't, it was also like it wasn't like QB sneaks on fourth and inches or something like that. It was like drop back passes and very like low percentage plays. Like it was, they were also like the worst play calls. And your quarterback is Jared Goff. Like you don't, you don't have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You don't have Brady. <laughs> like it, it, it just felt ridiculous. And also, and like. I think momentum and the psychological impact of going up three scores might be a bit underrated late in the third quarter. It was pretty late in the third quarter when you're up 24 to 10 and you kick a field goal to go up. And if you kick a field goal to go up three scores, that is a very underrated psychological effect on the other team when they know that they are down three scores. He had them on the ropes and blew it. Like, I don't know how a Lions fan should react to something like that. Because he did it three times, okay? If Dan Campbell had an, an ounce of common sense and didn't coach like a complete meathead, that absolutely, like the Lions win that game. And that's just not even arguable. It it would have happened. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's not even arguable that they would have won the game because it's just... I mean, mathematically, at least. Fallacy. No, yeah, but the fallacy of a predetermined outcome that the, the mm. 49ers would have played different and whatever. But... Also, this is why analytics is stupid because analytics tells you to go for it on fourth down and less than five always, but it doesn't take into account like this would have been a three score game. I can understand if they were up 13 and a field goal still would only keep it at a two score game. Then I could understand more, but this is a three score game. And the other thing is, even if the guy misses the field goal, a field goal miss is not as big a momentum swing as a fourth down stop. A fourth down stop is a huge lift to the defense. And a defense that was having a horrible game. I mean, the, the Lions were going down the field with, with ease yeah. um, earlier. Uh, it's horrible. It's it's horrible if you're a Lions fan. Um, I, I, I don't like, like, I really hate, like, when fans are like, well, you know, I think it's kind of like a coping mechanism, but they're like, well, we'll be back or whatever. It's really hard to get back. Um, it's, it's really hard to get back. You, you have to take your opportunity when you take them, when, when you have them. Um, and the Lions didn't, it's heartbreaking if you're a Lion fan. Um, it's, I, I enjoyed it because, uh, I would rather see the 49ers Chiefs than Chiefs Lions. Um, but I, I, yeah, it was, it was devastating for Lions fans and you could just tell, that momentum swing off of that IU touchdown, and then the lines fumble right away. Like you could just tell it wasn't going to go well. Yeah, and this is not against some like like it just it was this whole thing of like him being married to this philosophy of like being aggressive and taking risks, and you know, just like anything in life, some risks you should take, some pretty obviously are not worth it. Um, it just like, like it's, it's over analytics. Like it's over looking at analytics. Well, do you think his was an analytics thing or just his own personal philosophy? Both. Because is Dan Campbell a big analytics guy? Yeah, he is. Okay, I mean, I, I don't. It, but analytics is stupid because it doesn't. It it's not stupid, but it 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 it, it assumes the game is played on paper, right? That's, that's the problem. It's like when people, 
when, when you only look at things on paper without taking it, that's the problem with robots and things like that. There's no level of like nuance that only a human brain can actually use. Yeah. Like a robot can't like robots don't take into account so many other different factors. Uh, right. Like, like fourth and fives are not all the same. For instance, right. two point conversions are not all the same. What? Two point conversions are not no, all the same. Obviously, it reminds me like it not reminds me, but like if you talk about like when the Yankees played the Red Sox in a wild card game like a few years ago, and and the Aaron Boone had uh, Joey Gallo hitting cleanup because they need like a left certain lefty in a spot, but it doesn't take into account that he can't hit a beach ball. Like it's yeah, like, like human. Uh, impact of the game into account. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, so 49ers, which was, I thought this was like the matchup between the most successful NFL franchise and like the least, the 49ers and the Lions. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of the other game, um, I guess I should have been uh, smarter than to bet on Lamar Jackson in a big spot. Um, you said you like the Chiefs, though. Why did you bet on Lamar Jackson? Uh, I think my my opinion just changed toward the end of the day, but I the one thing that I would say is that um, uh, excuse me, yeah, I, I mean Lamar in a big spot was just not there again, and um, if I had told you before the game that the Chiefs were going to have seventeen points and the uh, they weren't going to score in the second half. So the Chiefs were going to have 17 points and be shut out in the second half. You would probably assume the Ravens would have won the game by like two, two, three scores. Right. And they just weren't there. And they, they, they shot themselves in the foot a lot. Like Zay Flowers getting a taunting penalty when you're down in the game. And then, uh, karmatically he gets the ball knocked out on the goal line by the guy that he taunted, uh, later in the game. Um, it was just bad. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, Lamar was just not that great. The Chiefs weren't ter- – I mean, Mahomes made great plays and Kelsey was terrific, which is, you know, par for the course. But it really was on the offense of the Ravens. Yeah. Um, and one one guy who should be happy about this is Josh Allen because the, the, um, the Chiefs' defense has been by far, you would agree, the best defense that Mahomes has ever had, right? This year, yeah, I would say so. And they they gave up 13 points in two games to the Dolphins and Ravens, and Josh Allen made them look very pedestrian. Yeah. So I, I think that you can sort of end that like Josh Allen Lamar debate as well. Yeah. No. Totally. I, I mean, I don't think there's that much debate with. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Everybody, everybody's order is probably Mahomes, then Allen, then Lamar Jackson. I think most people would agree with that. Uh. I, I would put Jalen Hurts, but um, Jalen Hurts above those three, or above uh, Lamar not Jackson? above Holmes, above Lamar Jackson. But I would um, put Jalen Hurts above Lamar Jackson. But they, they, the Chiefs definitely remind me of the two thousands Patriots, um, which are which is that they can win a game anyway. They can win low scoring games. They can win high scoring games. They can win in bad weather, like they did in the the they, first game. Another thing, also, they have really good tight ends. Correct. That's another thing. Correct. Although their coaching is coaching is different, some differences, but they can both be. But they're both dynasties. They're the, both the well. Uh, 
yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Chiefs are in dynasty territory yet. I think they have oh, to win this. They league. definitely are. You have to win at least three. Um, yeah, and they're already in their third Super Bowl. You don't think they're going to win three? They're not in their third Super Bowl. They're in their fifth. No, I'm saying they're they're um, they could be winning their third Super Bowl this year. Yeah, yeah. They once they win three, then I, I think they would be. But uh, yeah, they they just remind me of that team that they win certain ways. Uh, they do get a lot of. Uh, uh, I won't I won't say that they get calls from the officials, but certainly fans think that every call uh, goes against them. I mean, like again, like early in the game, like Kyle Van Noy came over. The Chiefs are the Chiefs run a play. There's 136 left in the half. The Chiefs have two timeouts, I think, and they run a play back by their own 10, and they decide they're not going to call a timeout, that they're going to let the clock basically run to halftime, and Van Noy comes over and headbutts Travis Kelsey. And people are saying, well, Travis Kelsey started the pushing and shoving with the other player, but it doesn't matter. You can't headbutt somebody. Like, right, it's a right. personal foul. And then second, then later in the drive, Mahomes was running, and the Raven defender whacked him in the face, which again is a, a, a penalty. And they got three points out of that, yeah. where they would have they would have let the clock bleed. And then you had the taunting penalty. And this is why I don't understand either. I don't understand how how I get that Lamar wasn't good, and I get all that stuff. But Harbaugh doesn't get any blame. I mean, he deserves a lot of blame. He deserves a lot I, of blame. I, I think that part of the reason Harbaugh's not getting a lot of blame is because, A, he won them a Super Bowl. And if you win a Super Bowl at some point, uh, if you're a quarterback or if you're a, a head coach, you are not blamed as much as you would be if you had never won a Super Bowl. But also because he was very much overshadowed by Dan Campbell. Like, maybe there was – which was the game afterwards. Like, people weren't focusing as much on the Ravens and John Harbaugh when he made those with his bad coaching because Dan Campbell's was so much more transparently boneheaded. Whereas with Harbaugh, it, it wasn't like Dan Campbell directly made bad play calls. Whereas Harbaugh, it was a little, it, it was a little bit more, I don't know how to say it. Like his coaching was bad, but it wasn't so obviously boneheaded to your average fan. Like yeah. I, I think that when players, when a bunch of players on a team, are doing really stupid things, like getting taunting penalties, um, uh, like a, a certain unnecessary roughness calls, like you mentioned. Like it does to me reflect on the coaching, because it shows yeah. that your team is not. Yeah. It, like it, like you don't see that with Belichick teams very much, but you do see that with Robert Sala teams or Rex Ryan teams, like coaches that are that don't have good control of their players. But also another thing I want to talk about is. Uh, so their two main running backs that they use are Justice Hill and and I've said uh, and uh, Gus Edwards and I've said many times it is usually a bad sign if your quarterback leads the team in rushing because it shows that you don't rely on running backs at all and your quarterback is probably under constant duress. So it, it, to me, I think that when your quarterback leads the team in rushing, it is not a good sign. Um, the Chiefs they they have Isaiah Pacheco who is like a, a reliable running back uh, the Ravens. So the the Ravens. Yeah. So Gus Evers and justice. I was going to say they combined for six carries for 26 yards. Um, the leading rusher was Lamar Jackson. His total yardage in one play was more than Gus Edwards and 
than Gus Edwards and uh, sorry, more than Gus Edwards had the whole game and almost as much as Gus Edwards and Justice Hill combined. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill had six total carries. Um, Those are your two running backs. And how do you only use them six times combined? I mean, most of the time throughout the season, you would probably use them roughly three times, like roughly, roughly triple the amount of times that they use them. I don't understand what Harbaugh is doing when you don't use your running backs. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, there was a total of 16 carries. Half of them were, for, were from Lamar Jackson, which means it was from, like, read options and scrambling. So mm-hmm. what I don't understand, like, this is not as transparently boneheaded to your average fan as Dan Campbell. It's like a, a more right. sophisticated version, in a sense, of bad play calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, what what is he doing? Like, that is as that is as bad as it gets. And it also – and by the way, the Chiefs didn't look that great throughout the game, and they did dominate them. It, it, like, it, this did feel like it, 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 they were completely dominated. Uh, and it also just goes to show you, like, on paper, the Ravens were a better team than the Chiefs. I think part of this has to do with, like – Sport typical sports fan overreactions. Uh, mm-hmm. The Niners were deemed the best team. First, it was like the Eagles who were deemed the best team, and then then it was the Niners. And then after the Ravens beat the Niners, then everybody was like the Ravens are the best team ever. And on paper, you could argue that they were, but the games are not played on paper; they're played on the field. Right. And there is a certain amount of DNA that teams have. I don't mean the franchise; I mean the head coach and the quarterback. That needs to be taken into account. And the Chiefs, they do have a tendency to be able to win like big games. And Mahomes can make big plays. And Andy Reid is a much better head coach than pretty much anybody else right now. It's just like all of that needs to be taken into account, which is the reason I, I took the Chiefs. Because it would be the most Ravens thing to blow this, right? Yes, correct. I mean, again, like, yeah, it was very like, you know, when they played Tennessee, when they played the Chargers, like back in those years where they weren't great. I mean, again, like, yeah, I understand that he won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl in the Obama administration, by the way. And so, I mean, does that absolve him of criticism? I don't think so. So, and they also, I should point out, let their defensive coordinator walk, which I thought that it would have been a good idea to upgrade him to the head coach. But, um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just wasn't a great game and by them and, and in general. But, yeah, I agree. I felt like the Chiefs were in control the entire game. And three three points total in the second half. I mean, you, you shut a team out in the second half. There's not much more that you can do So uh, defensively. So, I mean, the only thing they really didn't do was cause a big turnover on the defensive side. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the problem was the offense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was an offensive problem, and I don't know how you fix it, how you fix – I think it's it's hard to fix somebody not performing in a big game because that is the offensive problem because they don't have an offensive problem. They have a decent – they have a really good offense. They just – they don't show up in big games. Yeah. What's the fix? Well, part of the fix, I would say, would be better coaching. That's another thing. I mean, Lamar Jackson was not that bad. 
he, he was okay, I guess. Like, it's not like he threw for 32 yards or something like that. He he, he could have been a lot worse, I suppose. Uh, I mean, the Ravens have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, but like I said before, it's like, it, it just seemed like they abandoned everything else they did throughout the season. Yeah. On offense. Like, it, it, it just didn't, it, it was a bit mind-boggling to me. And, like, I did think I was... I, I did think that the Ravens would uh, – I did think the Chiefs would cover. I didn't think that it would be a total domination like this. It, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Well, again, it was only seven points, but I I don't yeah, but like – The score doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, I guess, but – they, but the but they also the Chiefs also didn't score in the second half, so I mean it, it, that's not a total domination. But right, yeah, true. I mean it. So yeah, I mean it is what it is, and we're going to Forty ers Chiefs again, and I don't understand how even on we're recording this Thursday. I don't even understand how. On Thursday, nine days before the Super Bowl, I don't understand how the Chief, the 49ers are favored. Um, I thought the line would have moved in the Chiefs' direction, but it actually moved a little bit in the 49ers' direction. Um, I don't understand that at all. Um, I but, think I understand it a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think it's because the public – first of all, I think some of it is the public rooting against the Chiefs, and I think that might affect the line a little bit. Uh, but also the fact that the Niners are viewed they're a better team on paper, which is why I think the public seems to be very big on the Niners. Now, I like the Chiefs so far. I mean, the line is going to change. Uh, I was very underwhelmed by the by the Niners in their, in, in their two playoff games. I mean, I don't see any reason to believe that the line should be like this. But I think because they have a whole bunch of really good position players and things like that, I think that's the reason they're favored. I, I don't really see it though. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we should also discuss the biggest story of the game, the real story of the uh, Taylor Swift game, which is Taylor Swift. Um, I wanted to bring up something, uh, see if you could answer this question. So there's a lot of complaints out there, especially on social media about how much Taylor Swift is shown um, in a game. Um, So the game, the Chiefs-Ravens game was three hours and nine minutes long. How how long total in the game, so every time that they cut to her, how long total do you think that Taylor Swift was on camera during a three-hour? 29 seconds. Huh? 29 seconds? It was a little bit more, but it was 45 seconds. Okay. So... I mean, I think that it's a little that it's a little uh, overplayed how much she gets shown. Well, I mean, forty-five seconds in a three-hour game. Well, to be fair, forty-five seconds is a lot to be shown for somebody not involved in the game. That is a lot. That is yeah. a lot. Like, how many other people get shown? Like, it but doesn't sound they, like. But the way that people react, it's like she's shown. You would have thought she was shown an hour 45 of that three hours. Right, right. I, I think the reason – okay, here's the thing. I I think the reason people don't like this is not so much the amount of times that they the, – the amount of times that she's on – the number of times that she's on the screen. 
it's the fact that she often becomes the whole story. Um, and that's not her fault at all. I mean, she's just going to, to the game. She, she's existing. Like she's, uh, I, I think it, it also has to do with how the NFL overly promoted her a lot, uh, probably to get more Swifties who most of whom don't watch football to watch uh, football, to watch games just because Taylor Swift is at the game, which goes to show you how good her music is. If she's getting people to like to watch games just because she's there, who otherwise would have no interest. I mean, I can't think how many other artists could do that. Not many. Um, but also, like, I, I, I think it's the whole storyline thing. And but but the but the flip side is like, yeah, in other yeah, I agree. I, I do think the NFL is kissing ass to Taylor Swift. I think that's a perfect way to put it, uh, Nick. Perfect way to put it. And. Yeah, she does bring them a lot of money, and she does bring them a whole new audience. And and to me, it's like people say, "Who cares?" No, people do care. If nobody cared, they wouldn't show her. There's a reason they don't well, show. Her. Also, like, there's a reason if I were to go to a game, they wouldn't show me because nobody cares. Like, right. <laughs> like that's literally, like literally, people care. Like it matters more that she's at the game than if the president was at the game. Like it, like like that's just that's just a fact. Well, a, a, she brings in uh, more viewers and also not number of viewers doesn't always matter as much as uh, viewers 18 to 49 matter because people want viewers 18 to 49. And she brings in a lot younger crowd as well. And yeah. you can make lifelong NFL fans. Um, yeah. One of the thing, I, my question to you is, do you think that she'll be at the Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. Why wouldn't she be? Because she has to. Because she has a show in Tokyo, the day before, the the morning of. I think she's gonna fly to the Super Bowl from Tokyo. I would say she probably won't be there at the start, though. But she's definitely gonna be there at some point. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, she confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure she said she would be there. I don't know how long of a flight that is. Uh, twenty something. But it's well, seventeen well, no, hours ahead. No, not to it's Vegas. 17. though. But it's seventeen hours ahead of Vegas. Time right. zone. Time zone. Seventeen hours ahead. So they're seventeen hours ahead of Vegas. Well, and when yeah. is the show? Uh, the eleventh. No, no. I mean, like, at what time? Uh, I assume it's like eight. I don't know that though. Eight in the morning. Yeah, so she'll be able to get there because they're seven. They're ahead of Vegas. Yeah, 17 hours. If they're 17 hours ahead of Vegas, she could do the show and get back in. And it's at 8 in the morning. So it's basically the night before in, in Vegas time, right? Right. Yeah, no, she'll be there. And uh, and it's going to be a pretty big deal. I remember, I saw Colin Coward talking about it. And he was like um, – and he was making it sound like it was just a bunch of loser incels that cared about it uh, who didn't like Taylor the whole Taylor Swift thing. But you know what? That's not fair either because it, it is true that like – the NFL totally kissed Taylor Swift's ass the whole time and because she's bringing in a bunch of new viewers. It's an understandable idea from a business standpoint, I get, on some level. But I can understand why some people don't like it when, like, she really doesn't have anything to do with the games and she's that big of a story, that that big a part of the story. I mean, like, I think a lot of people have that attitude about celebrities where it's like, we don't care about every little thing that they do. And like, I think that's a pretty common viewpoint in our society. Where it's like people don't like the amount of, yeah. Okay, Tokyo concert is at six p.m. Japan Standard Time. I mean, I don't 
I mean, I also don't want to be a hypocrite because we're literally talking about it right now. But like, um, I, I think that's a pretty common viewpoint, which is we talk, we, we care too much about celebrities. I think that is like, that is not an uncommon viewpoint where it's like, and I think people would likely have a similar reaction to anybody else just because they're dating one of the star players. Like, like, I, like I don't think that is particularly uncommon. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I think also the squeaky wheel is also the loudest. I don't know. I, I think that the majority of people are actually not upset about it. I just think nobody's that, literally you know, upset about it. Like nobody's losing sleep. But I um, think that the people that are like that don't like it are also just the loudest, like amplified the loudest. But just like in anything else. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it is a good idea. I mean, it's it is when I I did a a party boat. I work on party boats and. I did an event that was a Taylor Swift event. It was the day before the Jets game. So they probably have been dating for two weeks or whatever it was. And all these people had Travis Kelsey jerseys and Chiefs shirts. And I was like, did you know who he was before they dated? And they all said no. So yeah, it is a good idea. I mean, I, and I don't think that – I don't think also that the NFL is hiding or, or being um, – or being uh, uh, secretive about them doing it either, though. Yeah. I, I think the biggest problem, for instance, was when uh, it, the NFL tweeted after the Chiefs beat the Jets in a game that the Jets probably should have won. Um, like, the Chiefs are now 2-0 and with Taylor Swift at the game. Yes. I mean, for the yes. league to be putting out a post that openly cheers on a team just because a celebrity is at the game for them is nuts. I don't know if that openly cheers at all, but yeah. What? I, I don't know if that, that tweet openly cheered it on, but yeah. But it, what they did, come on. You would never see something like that. with it. Yes, they openly did cheer them on. You can't have the league tweeting out something that is like basically celebrating a team beating another, especially in a very controversial – especially in a game with a lot of controversial calls. Correct. Just because a celebrity is at the game. Like, like I, I understand why people are resentful of that. Um, but ultimately, I think the reason is that – She's so she's a huge part of the story, and people are like, ah, "Well, who cares about that?" I think that's really the biggest reason for the animosity. But it seems like there is always a lot of animosity towards Taylor Swift. And and by the way, this is not her fault at all. Like, if she, I don't, I think she just wants to go to the game, and that's it. Like, it's the cameras panning to her. Like, I don't think she's choosing that. She's not trying to get everybody to look at her. Like, like in her defense, but there's always been a lot of animosity for towards Taylor Swift and usually for very silly reasons. Right. Well, well, Shannon Sharp said that he, that Beyonce didn't move the needle like Taylor Swift did. And I don't understand why people are mad at him for saying that because it's a hundred percent true. Well, he also said that she's the closest thing to Michael Jackson that we've had in our time, which I think is true as well. That's objectively true. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not talking about her music. Just, it, just objectively speaking, if you're talking about her, look at her popularity. That is, that is obviously true. Well, you know, um, it's different because she's in a suite, so we can't really judge if this would happen. But Michael Jackson, one time, Magic Johnson would go on tour with Michael Jackson, and he told Michael Jackson, "Okay, now you have to come to one of my games." And Michael Jackson went to a Laker game in the '80s, and he had to be. Uh, escorted out of the arena three minutes in because the whole arena just basically like converged to the area where he was because he was that famous. I mean, there was like videos of him, the the famous video where he comes out to the hotel balcony. There's just thousands of people 
outside the hotel balcony. I agree. This is the same. This is very similar. Yeah. In, just in our age, in our time. Yeah. And it's it's different now, like because she's sitting in a suite or whatever, but she couldn't sit in the stands. No. No. She'd be mobbed. So uh, I I agree that it's the biggest thing. I mean, this is the highest. She she had the highest grossing tour. Um. In the history of the world. So, I mean, she's obviously quite popular. Yeah. Like, I, I can't stand when people pretend to be arbiters of what art is. It's like, I can't stand when people say, well, her music is bad. I mean, I'm personally not a Taylor Swift fan. I think her music is fine, but I don't know. I'm not, like, a fan of hers at all. But, I, I, so it's not my personal opinion. But I can't stand when people say, like, well, her music or somebody's music is bad. It's like, your music can't be bad if a bunch of people love it. Like, that's the only way you can actually judge music. Like, it, like art is the term, like, whether or not art is good is entirely dependent on whether or not people like it. Like, if your art, if nobody likes whatever art is that you're doing, music, comedy, whatever, then it's not good. Like, it, like it is an art, not a science. That's the whole point. Like, like right. I don't understand why, why, like, this insistence that, well, this, this can't be good because, like, it's good if people like it. That's the point. Like, it, if people don't like it, then it's not good. And if she's sell, if she's as popular as she is, then obviously her music is good. And it would be like, kind of like how winning is the point in sports. Like, like if a right. team is seventeen and zero wins the Super Bowl, you can't, you're, you're not, you're never going to say like, "Oh, that team's not good." Like they win. Right? How could they not be good? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's a prop bet of. Plus 1,000 for whether Tra- Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift after the game if they win. Um, no, don't take that bet. You would be stupid to take that bet. Um, the weird thing about that bet is there's got to be somebody with inside information. Like, how do you bet on something like that? It's a weird thing. Because uh, somebody somewhere would have right. some type of inside information. Like, if, you're, if Travis Kelsey is your friend, you would know the answer to that question most likely. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like if I knew Taylor, if I knew Travis Kelsey personally, I would just and I knew the answer, I would just put a million dollars on one or the other. <laughs> like yeah, I don't right. know. It's like it's like the whole national betting on the national anthem thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like it, it, I don't I don't think they allow it anymore, but like if you know the person who sings the national anthem and the whoever sings the national anthem is probably not going to be that famous usually. Yeah. But like it, but like you could always like couldn't you say, "Look, I got some money on the over." Make sure to extend that last note or something. Right. Make sure to go extend brave. <laughs> right, right. <exactly. laughs> like, and then, so I can win the bet. Like, it's got to be a pretty easy thing to do most of the time. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I'm kind of, in other words, I'm kind of in the middle on this whole Taylor Swift thing. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's just, you know. A societal thing, essentially. Um, but you know what? I will. And one more thing, by the way. NBA games. I know the Knicks do this. They pay to get celebrities. They, they give away free tickets to celebrities on the court side. And they yeah, just pay to those celebrities. We and none of them are as big as Taylor Swift. Correct. Yeah. Like, it, like, does that, like they, they, they would show, like, really. I mean, people as, like, like, they would show. I remember. I think they showed, like. Peter Rosenberg from the Michael K show. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. people know who that is? 
right. compared to Taylor Swift. I mean, people know who he is, but I mean, like, not he's not Taylor Swift famous, and they're showing him at the game. Like, course, they're, yeah. they're very, like, they're, uh, like, the level of celebrity for, like, Nick's, for Nick games is, like, much lower. I'm sure other, I'm sure other teams do it, too. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Emily Ratajkowski. And the, like, yeah, how many people recognize really Emily Ratajkowski in public? Oh, a lot, probably. If she's not wearing makeup? Uh, yeah, a lot, probably. What, compared to Taylor Swift? No, but nobody is as famous as Taylor Swift. Right. So, uh, but I don't think anybody, honestly, if Emily Ratajkowski walks in the city, she's not getting mobbed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't She's not know. getting mobbed. Not like, but nobody is on the level of Taylor you Swift. No, so. I'm not comparing her to Taylor Swift. I think she walks in the city, and people leave her alone. Yeah, probably. Like, like, like she's not that big of a celebrity. Um, all right, so I do want to get a little bit into this Jets drama thing. Uh, it, it's a very Jets story. So apparently, there's a rat in the Jets clubhouse. Uh, who leaked stories to the media about Zach Wilson and Robert Sala is losing it. He threatened, he said, whoever did this, uh, he threatened to like take everybody's phone and said, whoever did this, uh, come forward right now, you won't be in trouble, which by the way, whenever somebody says you won't be in trouble, that means you will be in trouble. Uh, otherwise, why would they care? <laughs> like It's just like, it'd be like the police saying, if you confess to this crime, you won't get, you won't be in trouble. Uh, uh, that... It's like on that level of absurdity. Um, I I guess that like I think Robert Sala totally overreacted to this. Um, although it is weird to me why you would leak that. Like to me, I do think it says a lot about the camaraderie of the team if coaches are anonymously leaking information to the media that doesn't really like benefit them in any real way. Yeah, it says in a bad way. Um... Yeah, it's not good. Not good. It's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, they they just it, it felt like <clears throat> it felt like in a, a um during the season it felt like they were a team that could collapse um from inside. Obviously they they weren't good um obviously they weren't good uh on the field, but they just felt like a team that could collapse from the inside and it's now it's continuing to go on. Um, I wanted to also point out to you that for the last, uh, 12 or 12 or 14 years, something like that, when, however long they've been on Twitter, uh, the Jets have always tweeted happy birthday to the, uh, coach, whoever the coach is. And they didn't tweet it this year for Robert Sala. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, I always thought that Sala should have been fired. I don't, I, I think that obviously that. It's 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 going down from the inside. Now the problem is now if you have a season where it goes down from the inside during the season, then you're wasting another year of Rogers. Like yeah, so none of it's good. And it, it just since Aaron Rodgers has come, it, they've just been obviously just surrounded by stories, positive some, but a lot of negative as well. Although I don't know how much of this. I mean, the Jets were a mess of an organization to begin with. Correct. And also, apparently, like, he's been called the de facto GM in a sense, which... He's the de facto I, everything. The de facto everything, yeah, but, like, the de facto GM. I mean, every team LeBron is on, LeBron is the de facto GM. Uh, and it, it, there likely is some truth to that, and it does obviously cause some animosity. 
in the locker room. Uh, yeah. Coaches. The flip side is you have to keep your quarterback happy. Um, the Jets don't have much to cling to. They are a very desperate organization. I kind of understand why that would happen. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, but like, it does make a certain amount of sense that they really want to please Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's not a shock to me at all. And it makes a certain amount of sense. Um, like, it, it looks like a real, I mean, the good the good news is this is happening now. As far away from the regular season as possible. Like, if this happened in September, I think that would be a really big deal. But it's happening now. So it's not as big of a deal, uh, to me at least, as it would be if it happened, like, right before the start of the regular season. Right. And that would be a really big deal. Um, it, it's just a very Jets type of story. Um, it's not as bad as when uh, Geno Smith got punched in the face. And that was right before the regular season. That was right before the regular season. Like, that is a really bad that is a really <laughs> that is that is a really bad look. This is not quite as bad, um, but for me, it's like it, it it just goes to show you that they have no loyalty to the team if they're willing to just leak these stories to the media. Like I I, I think that that always says a lot. Yeah, but imagine absolutely. I wonder what it's like to be the person who did it, and you and he's like Robert Salas, like who did this, and you're standing there like yeah, sons of bitches, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, of course, you can't say you did it, but yeah, I, I don't know, and yeah, I agree. Like that, it's the biggest. Like, oh, come, you know, you won't, you won't get in trouble, and then you get fired immediately. You know, it's it's yeah. like most obvious, but yeah, I, it's not good. But like you said, the good news is that it is right before the regular season. So yeah. it's before, right, the opposite is right after the regular season. So we've still got a long time to go. So I, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in it right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are blaming this all on Rodgers. I mean, it's not Rodgers' fault. I mean... Well, certainly some of the drama that's come to the Jets. Some of the drama, just this particular story, I don't think it's Rodgers' fault. No, Um, no, not at all. Yeah, and also Rodgers is one of the all-time great quarterbacks. I mean, he can bring some drama. Of course. And it could be worth it, especially with a franchise like the Jets. Uh, I mean, the reason he even went to the Jets is because the Jets were willing to keep him happy. Correct. Uh, so you saw the story with the uh, this. You told me the story about that Beverly Hills mansion party next to LeBron. Yeah. So it's not just one party, but it's a mansion in Beverly Hills that is right next to on um, Beverly Crescent, which is a street which is LeBron is building a house right next to this house, and then also on the other side of the house, a little bit up more, like two houses down, um, Seth MacFarlane lives, and then about. Two houses to the other side, John Legend lives. And basically, um, it was owned. This is a, it's a crazy story. So it was owned by a guy who was like a famous doctor, and not, but like a big time doctor. And he killed his girlfriend and fled to like South America or something. Probably so Costa city, Rica. Yeah, one of them. So the city took over the, uh, the city or someone took over the house, and someone went and changed the locks on the house. And then it got filled with squatters who, which people think, when they think squatters are homeless, but they're not always. Uh, and they've been throwing crazy parties that start at two o'clock in the morning and go to like 10 PM, uh, 10 AM. And they do it every night. And I thought that at first this was a cool story. Um, Cause I was like, well, they're taking over this like rich Beverly Hills neighborhood and just partying. And it's like a lit story. But then I found out that they're charging $75 to get into the parties, which is just outrageous. 
I, I mean, they don't. Why haven't the police done anything? They don't own the home. Well, the police show. Well, first of all, they have a fake deed or something. Also, America famously has like very uh, lax squatters' rights. That's true. So, like, At least in you, California. In, in a lot of states, if you get a piece of mail in most states to the uh, address sent to you, you could be counted as a resident. Yeah. And also, it takes like months to get people out and stuff. But then a guy. So the the reason that it sort of blew up as a big story was because somebody had told the police that um that that, that two people had broken into the house with knives, and so the LAPD came with like a full squad force to the house and they actually put all the squatters in handcuffs, but then they ended up not getting arrested. Um, so then in the, when the police came, they converged and there were still like news cameras outside. And this guy came with like a big pit bull who called himself Mr. Gucci. And he was like, Oh, I'm the, uh, I'm running the house. I'm running the parties. It was, it's like an insane story. But it's, <laughs> Mr. Gucci. <laughs> it looks like, it's a crazy house. It's right next to, and it, like, so literally LeBron is building his new house right next to it and they've had to get like the security team and the security team says that there's um he must be there's a loud is Russell Westbrook building the house <laughs> well he 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 supplies the bricks um <laughs> but uh but and it is there's like loud cars the, the party's starting at 2 a.m. is wild but also it's like i don't know what this neighborhood is like i can't imagine that the people living there are okay with parties starting at 2 a.m. No, they call the police every day. Yeah, they call the police every time. They should. I mean, I, I think the police should put it. I mean, it's it's kind of a funny story, uh, but that's outrageous that they allow that. Well, they were t- well starting at two a.m. and then like the 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 they did it one where it was like seventy five bucks to get in, and they said it was a fundraiser for the people who were killed in the music festival on October seventh. Like it's like just it's a crazy a scam, like obviously. yeah, it's a scam obviously. It's, and then it's they, like when people in the city say they're raising money for the homeless. Right. So then, <laughs> like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and they were doing, like, people were posting, like, they were telling people, like, don't call the Uber right to the house. Like, call it to the bottom of the hill and then walk up and stuff. But uh, 2 a.m. parties. Also, like, I feel like sometimes I'll go out to, like, because the, the bars in New York close at 4 a.m. And sometimes you go out to, like, 4 a.m. And then you'll get back and, like, the sun will be coming up, especially in the summer. And I feel like such, like, a piece of shit. I can't imagine, like, partying till 10 a.m. Yeah. Like you, you leave a party and like it's broad daylight. That's I will. Insane. Yeah. No, I will have to say, I don't know what exactly what these parties are like, but I can imagine that they're a lot of fun. Well, they said that there's uh, like there's um, there's there was like crushed red solo cups all over the street and then condoms wrappers all over the street. They had uh, sounds like Project they, X kind of. Yeah, they had there was like whippets all over the neighborhood. Like, it's just insane. Like, it, it, it definitely is fun. And that's why I thought, like, at first I was like, this is so cool. Like, these people are just partying. and like It's Beverly fun, Hills. but also very self-destructive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what somebody who's, like, a, a squatter at a mansion is really going to But do. I think a lot – like you said, a lot of those squatters are probably just, like, regular – a lot they of them are not homeless. Because well, they see not. this really big house and they're like, we could just throw parties here and they're well, not going to stop us. And I heard also from KTLA, which is the news network in LA, that they were also renting it out as like an Airbnb to some people, like the Beverly Hills Lodge, and they were making like thirty grand a month. That's crazy. Now, my question about that is when, like, eventually the court will say that they have to leave, whatever, it just takes a while. But when they have to leave, will they have to give the money? Like, will the money they get be seized, I wonder? Um, so $30,000 a month, that's a lot of fun. Well, don't you think – that's a good question. 
because the people who paid it willingly, they're not entitled to any sort of return because they still no, use the not, but they but but like if someone's arrested like a drug dealer or something and they bought uh, a Ferrari with that money, the the normally the Ferrari will get seized, stuff like that by the government. Yeah, or the money would get seized. Right. Um, that usually that's a good question. I don't know how that would. I don't know how that would work. That's a good question. I can imagine they would likely seize the money. I I think they likely would, though I don't know that for a fact. Did, yeah, I, it's it, it does seem really fun, and uh, it's better. I mean, I, I'd actually ra- I don't. Would you rather pay to get into a party or or go to a party that's BYOB? Um. $75 worth of alcohol. You that's a lot of money, but it, I guess it would also depend on what kind of drinks they have. Right. If they, like if they only have beer, like, I don't, I don't know. Beer but like, I don't think you could walk. Yeah. Like, I don't think you could walk into like a party that's $75 in Beverly Hills with like new Amsterdam vodka. By the way, from my experience, I've been to a lot of both. Right. A lot of both. Like you have to pay $5 to get in and you have to bring your own drink. So yeah, that's, even that's one outrageous. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to. When I was in college, like it was probably the same way. You'd have to do that, pay BYOB, and have a ratio. Yeah, that's even harder. Uh, I wonder what it was like. I mean, this is seventy five dollars. They'd have a lot of nerve telling you to bring your own drinks. No, you were just buying tickets. But there was, I could. They they would post a lot of pictures. There was a lot of women going into the party. So, well, yeah, it's at a mansion. Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't surprise me. It did look. You mentioned Project X, though. It did look like there was an overhead of the house, and there's a big pool, looked, and the pool was just trashed and stuff. It yeah, did it looked, look very like Project oh X. Style. Yeah, it looked a lot like Project X. I mean, but how long do these parties last before the cops wake them up? They, I don't think I don't know if they do because they um, they uh, uh, well also you you do, just because you have a noise ordinance doesn't mean that you break it up. Like the cops come yeah. and probably tell you to lower the music, right? Or whatever. They can tell you. Uh, like the, they were talking to a resident who said that they go to like nine, ten in the morning, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being a resident who has to sleep. Yeah, and hearing that at like two in the like that, especially when you pay that much money to live in such a nice neighborhood, I would lose my mind. Millions, millions. Like it, you, you can't be having that. <laughs> like it's just it's, crazy. It's, it's a very LA sounding story. It really is, and it, like the like the getting the Uber to like a bottom of a hill because you can't get, release the address and stuff, and like they said, people were pulling up in like like really loud cars, like Hellcats and stuff. Like it's like loud geez. cars are one of the most obnoxious things in the world. Well, and also the people that own the loud cars only own them because they're like loud cars. So they yeah, like, and they yeah. probably spend a ridiculous amount of money on those cars. Yeah, like, yeah I, I think good. spending a lot of money on a car not a good idea. I mean, I never Unless understand. You have that. a lot of money, but if you don't have a lot of money, don't do it. I never understand that. Like same with motorcycles, like you, people, like the unnecessary revving of the engine is just yeah. like. Look at something me. that scares me a little bit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It sounds like somebody's going to get murdered. It sounds Especially like gun, it sounds like gunshots sometimes. Literally, sounds like gunshots. Yeah, sometimes it can. <laughs> uh, yeah. So speaking of LeBron, so there is this new rule in the NBA that people are mad about about the 65 day. You have to play 20 minutes for at least 65 games in order to be eligible for average minutes. Sorry, average. 20 minutes in at least 65 games. 
to be eligible for MVP awards or all sorts of awards. Um, I think this whole thing is dumb. I don't see why it should be a thing. All it does is incentivize players that are hurt to play through their injuries when it would, when it's unnecessary. Uh, and also why do we need to have qualifiers like that? Like if you're not like, why, why does it, why do you need to have a qualifier? Well, the, the qualifier was the, the reason for that was to try and stop load management of stars and stuff like that. It's coming into play now because Joel Embiid, um, is, um, Joel Embiid is uh, torn his meniscus, his knee, and he's going to probably be the MVP, or he was, and now he's not going to be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of understand. First of all, I, I don't like the players can't complain about it because the players' association allowed it. In yeah, the, in the agreement. Um, but I, I, I like it because I don't understand like how people could complain about load management. And stuff, and then complain about this as well. This is put into kind of end that. But how much of an effect would this really have on load management? Very few players are actually think they're going to win MVP. And also, even if it does, like, like I think whoever is MVP should win MVP. I don't think there should necessarily be a qualifier for. It. I mean, I think a player who I think it's you could certainly make the argument that a player who plays thirty games could very hypothetically at least be the MVP. Cause like, I think that a team, if a team like falls apart without you, you are the most valuable player. Like, I, I don't think that's in any way unreasonable. Like, I don't think you should have to play X number of games to be MVP. Uh, I, I don't support that at all. I mean, if you're not MVP, you're not MVP. You just don't like, they don't get the votes. I don't, I, I mean, I don't think this has that much to do with load management. I, I mean, I understand that's that. That's what I was put in. That's that's the rationale, but I don't think it would affect load load management that much because very few players are actually going to win MVP, like have a shot at winning MVP. Like, and I I don't think it would really affect load management all that much. I mean, I think the problem with load management is that like, there's a lot of problems with load management, but I understand it to a degree. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand it. I think part of the problem is that the the season is just too long. Yeah, and especially now with the in season tournament and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't like have. A, I mean, I don't know. I I I can understand both sides. I do think that Embiid is the MVP. I I've always thought he was better than Jokic. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, again, like this, it doesn't take. Maybe it should, you know take into account injury or something like that. Well, if you're injured. Um, right. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't love it. Um, and then in terms of, but it's good. The, you know, with the torn meniscus now, that's going to, you know, I think Philly's going to go down and then you had him hindering his um, knee on Monday and then, um, or on Tuesday and you had Julius Randall dislocating his shoulder on, um, uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday, which now we it looks like is worse than we initially thought. Yeah, um, not going to be good for the Knicks potentially. The, the, which the Knicks are as of this taping looks like they're going to lose here on Thursday, but they're one game out of the two seed. Yeah, um, with a team that's bad defensively ahead of them, and then a team that's injured below them. But now you're going to have to worry about Cleveland and Indiana. 
um, if Julius Randle's out for that long. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll see where it all goes. Um, all right, so I do want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, oh, by the way, DraftKings. So DraftKings stock is through the roof. Yep. And LeBron is partnered with DraftKings. Um, I don't take any issue with this. It's weird that they allow it, though, because most sports leagues are extremely strict about uh, – are very strict about gambling and any sort of association with gambling. Um, it, God forbid you even walk in a casino in most cases. Like, they don't allow that. Or if you work with – like, I am really surprised the NBA is allowing LeBron to work with DraftKings. Yeah, well, I am a DraftKings stockholder, so I'm happy about this. It's up 50% in the last three months. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's just the way the world is going. I mean, I don't really know how you could say, well, um, a guy shouldn't uh, be associated with, you know, gambling, even though he's not gambling on the NBA. And right. then also say, like, oh, DraftKings is the official gambling partner of the NFL, you know, Um and it just shows how far, you know, we've come in a really short time. I mean, you know, less than 10 years ago, you couldn't even mention the word gambling on television, you know, in, in the sports sense. Yeah. Well, because and, it was illegal everywhere. Right. And now you have just the, the leagues partnering with it. Um, like, I mean, I don't really care about baseball. I don't give a shit. But like Pete Rose not being allowed in the Hall of Fame uh, because he gambled on games and gamble on his team to win. Uh, to, and then meanwhile, they're showing DraftKings ads in the middle of MLB games. Um, or actually, Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays actually were uh, banned from the Hall of Fame for 10 years or it took them 10 years longer to get into the Hall of Fame because they were greeters at an Atlantic City casino in the 60s. Like, Which, by the crazy. way, goes to, it, it goes to show you how crazy it is that professional athletes would work jobs like that. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like we were saying, like, like for, for like we were saying about that, um, black, Hawk, black, so- black sock scandal. That was a few years before, prior to Mantle and whatever, but they, 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 they threw the world series like $15,000 or something like, you know, $15,000 players now get fined $15,000. I think, I think, um, like Max Scherzer gets that a pitch. Like, yeah, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's 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 gonna be the sort of the way of the world. I don't understand. Like I was just in California for a few weeks, and they don't have it there. I don't understand how states still don't have legalized gambling. It's it's, yeah. it's wild. Well, I but, think most states are gonna legalize gambling. It just takes a long time. Yeah. Is anybody but, like are are any states adamantly against it? Yeah, uh, California, Texas, and Florida probably won't um, legalize it anytime soon. Really? Um, but, are, but are there governors against legalizing it? Well, in California, it has to do with the Native American tribes. Didn't they voted against it in California because Native American tribes outspent companies like DraftKings for ad space and said, "Oh, it would kill the Native American casinos and stuff like that." Um, wow. And then Texas and Florida, I think, are just not. I think I think they're kind of against it. But um, it was actually Chris Christie who championed um, the. Uh, the court case that legalized gambling. And well, yes, yeah, it happened in New Jersey first. Yeah. So when you're um, sitting in traffic on the bridge, you can. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, and it used to be so stupid. Like I used to have to live in, in New York. I used to have to take the path train to Jersey city and just to bet on things. It was so stupid. Like sometimes I wouldn't even get out of the train station. Sometimes I would just get on the train yeah. 
make the bet and then get on again. Or like, you know, sometimes it will, it would think you were in New York before gambling was legalized, even though you're sitting in New Jersey. Uh, and so it used to be really stupid, but it, this is the way of the world now. I think that you're just going to see so much more of stuff like this. Right. Well, I, I do think leagues should be strict about players betting on their own sport. That I think is a very, th- that is, I, I mean, yeah, oh, I agree. that I think is right. Like people were often saying that like when the NFL, I'm not saying you said this, but a lot of people were saying that it was hypocritical for the NFL to suspend Calvin Ridley uh, for a season for betting uh, on for betting on NFL games. No, it is it, because they're partnering and advertising gambling. It's like, no, no, no. It is vastly different to advertise gambling to your consumers and your own players right. betting on the games. Like you said, for instance, when you're like you said this, when you're at the bar, it wouldn't be hypocritical for your for the bar to tell you you can't drink behind the bar when customers are served when you're serving right. customers. That's not right. hypocritical. Right. That's just your own players can't do this. Right. Um so I, I understand it, it to me it was just surprising that they allowed it in a sense. Um second of all. I don't know who's listening to LeBron for football picks. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not going to pick a game just because LeBron gives it to me. I tend to not be a big guy who bets games best bet, bets games based on expert picks, though. Also, like, oh. experts are wrong. You're betting, and by the way, the experts might have really good reasons for why they make those bets, but that doesn't mean they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. And, like, yeah. It's, it's not. A, it's not a foregone conclusion. Right. Uh, so I do want to talk about this Mark Norman thing. Uh, so somebody. So his show got disrupted by a at bunch of what at the comedy cellar. At the com- no, it wasn't the comedy cellar. It was like I think it might have been the West Side Comedy Club or something like that, it, or the New York Comedy Club. It wasn't. It wasn't the cellar. Uh, by a bunch of influencers. I think it had to do with Childish Gambino, but he didn't know about this. Uh, they just disrupted the show. It it was a really bizarre thing, because when I saw it, I thought, like, something dangerous, something bad had happened. Um, it was a New York comedy club in the East Village. Uh, and somebody had... I don't, but I, I think Donald Glover was in on this. Like, it had something to do with promoting his new Netflix show or something. It, yeah, a company that has to do with the show. What's that? A company that had to do with the show. Oh, okay. He, um, he did, and then he he um he was retweeting their stuff, but the the company ran it, and they were sending people DMs that was like, "Would you risk it all for for it all or something something along those lines?" Risk it all for and what? I think uh, I'll get the exact quote in a second. You know who but, would do um, that? Dan Campbell. <laughs> he, he would sign up, but they they also had like a couple of other stunts like this. They had Tyra Banks surrounded by furries, and so what happens is the guy like gets on stage for a second, and then he's it, it was an odd situation because it looked like someone was chasing him or something, and then Mark Norman was like, "Is is this a migrant or something?" And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, then Mark Norman's personal security came out. He said someone got tased, which I heard someone did get tased. Um, I heard that was true. Um, but uh, it, it was a crazy situation. And then the woman came. It, 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 did you watch the video? Yeah. So the woman comes on at first and she's like the, the woman who's like running the show. And she's like, uh, we just need everybody to stay in their seats. Um, we just had a little disruption. And in the same sentence, she's she's like, we just need everybody to get out and go. Like it was they were very like thrown off. I think the company that did it had nothing to do with New York Comedy Club or anything like that. 
because the people right. who did who were running it, it was hard to fake their level of like uh, uh, worry. Right. Um, New York Comedy Club would not be incentivized to interrupt one of the hottest comics out there right now. Right. I don't think they would even do that for like if I don't think they would even do that for some low level comedian. Like they, like I don't think any comedy club wants to interrupt their own comedians. Like, no, they especially if you don't want to do that. Comedians. And it's terrible for the crowd. By the way, if I was in there, I would think there was like God forbid an active shooter or something. Well, I would think there was something going on, right? The way they said it. And then also like afterwards, it's dangerous, like life threatening, it seemed like from that video. And afterwards you would be pissed because they were just like, Well, give it, you know, you know, join us for a future show or something they said on their Instagram and whatever. But like if I went to go see Mark Norman, like most people who were at that show were probably there to see Mark Norman, not yeah. whoever was opening or whatever. Like I'd be pissed off. But yeah, it was paid, a, especially if you paid a lot of money, which is a good chance that they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh but it was a um it was a uh, uh it was a um it was a crazy thing. I've I've seen Mark Norman, he's very funny uh in person and so the, it was a shame they didn't finish his show, but uh it also showed how good of a comedian is he is because he didn't know what was going on and it did look like a kind of scary situation and he was still like rattling jokes off the cuff yeah. like asking the guy if he's like a migrant or whatever. Like, yeah, it was like very it was very funny. It was very funny. And two people followed the guy out and then, then Even though he walked off the stage was funny. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, gotta, you know, whatever. Uh, but I think it was all—it it was also good, like, if you were in that situation. Like, if it was a bad situation, it, the way he did it was also very, like, calming. Like, yeah, uh, it didn't seem that bad. And then the, the two people, like, look like they follow the guy out. And it was good. I, I, I it, yeah, I, like, I know it, it was the, um, it was a, uh, what the situation was now. But I kind of like things like that because I, I like sort of getting down, like, an internet rabbit hole sometimes of, like, what yeah. this could have been and what this was. Like yeah. on Reddit or whatever. All right. Yeah. So anyway, I got to get going. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening and or watching. This is Moving the Goalposts.